welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Zhao, and today I have my co-host, Delphi, with me. What's up? Hi, I'm Delphi. I'm a sophomore. Um, this is my first time co-hosting the show, but I'm excited to be here. Yes, and today we have the absolute legend, Mr. V, here. What's up? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> find out. Yeah, well, we'll start off by asking you, when did you start teaching? And has it always been math? Second grade. Second grade? Yeah, teachers threw me out in the hallway with students, and we did math. <laughs> but honestly, it was uh, math. I started teaching math, I think, at Eagle Brook in 79. Mm-hmm. 79. That's how many years ago? Too many. 42. <laughs> yeah. 42 years. Prior wow. to that, I had been mostly coaching and filling in as a uh, substitute at different schools. So did you major in teaching in college? or No. Or... Okay, what was your what was your story of how you started teaching? Yeah, um, I was doing soccer camps at Eagle Brook, mm-hmm. and um, the athletic director asked me if I wanted to go to Eagle Brook and teach. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, so it was a math job open. Hmm. Yep. So you so before that, did you always have a passion for teaching, or no? You you didn't. <laughs> you, you just saw Kinda job opportunities. Walked, walked into it. Yeah. Really enjoyed cool. it. Don't get me wrong. I had a passion for coaching, which is teaching. Mm, right? That is true. So, Both of them are very similar. So, yeah. And if I remember correctly, is it that you kind of like kept a few days ahead of your students and yeah, I, kind I, of taught I've, yourself? I always felt that if I could just stay a week ahead of them in the book, I'd be fine. Mm. And of course, I had some experience in, in, in uh, college and high school, but not a, not a great deal. Did, did you major in math? No. Economics. Mm. Uh, okay. Economics. Okay. So why did you choose to teach math? The job. <laughs> uh, that, that, was the, that was the only reason? And actually, I, I thought it was actually something that I could do. Mm. Yeah. But I just didn't have much experience. And, uh-huh. you know, Algebra 1, I felt pretty confident that I picked that up. You know, yeah. Gone through a level or two of calculus. So yeah. Yeah. So, you, back on it. so, you, so when you teach, you mostly self-learned the materials by yourself, and then you taught With it? With a like, lot of good teachers or? here. Mm-hmm. I, I had some great mentors here. Mm. And when we were on a... 45-minute class schedule, there wasn't a lot of time to, to mm-hmm. do much else when you went to the coffee room except get on the board and talk to each other about how to teach a particular topic. Mm. Kept my ears open. <laughs> That's true. Keep learning. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so when did you move here to NMH? Or 87, the fall of 87. Uh-huh. 87, so that's... That's uh, 30, Doing math here. 35 years. 34, 35 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what brought you to NMH and... More importantly, like soccer. what made you soccer? Yeah, the coach Coaching. here. Uh, my players started a league in Greenfield. Uh-huh. Uh huh. My first practice had three players in the morning and four in the afternoon. I wasn't <laughs> used to that because I came from Northampton High School and we'd have thirty guys out for yeah. the team. And, yeah. And I talked to the fellas as to why they came out and whatnot. And the hockey coach had asked them to get in shape. <laughs> so, but three yeah. years later, uh, some of the players that I had started a league in Greenfield. Uh huh. We had Wednesday, Sunday games and twelve adult teams. Wow. So we had wow. this mecca of soccer behind the high school, and yeah. Dick Peller and Jay Ward were on a team. Yeah. And um, got to know them mm-hmm. through that. Mm-hmm. And he would bring his teams to uh, Eagle Brook, and I'd take the best ninth graders I had. And I had another player from Amherst College, and we'd get in with the youngsters and play his varsity squad. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so we had a nice little back and forth. Yeah. And he said, yeah. why don't you look at NMH? Hmm. Wait, so Mr. Peller was also a coach back then? Or? Yeah, he ran the team. He was a varsity coach oh, uh, yeah. through the 80s. and mm-hmm. He had a lot of 
New England Championships in 80, 82, 84, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah there, were, there were a few years I saw that mm -hmm. we won th three and four years, yep. something like that. And you were the assistant coach? I took or? the JV team. Oh, you took the JV and team. And when he left, I took the varsity. Uh. Mm -hmm. What made you stay at NMH for so long? Anything in particular? It's a great place to live. <laughs> it's a great place to teach. Yeah. yeah. How many people I've met from how many countries? And, you know, yeah. uh, it's a uh, sabbatical. I get a chance to travel. To, I actually went to Coventry when they were in the first division, uh -huh. which was the old Premier League, right? First division in England. Right. So I spent a week oh. with the team. Wow. One, of my, wow. one of my buddies uh, was a reserve player there and probably would have made the team, but there wasn't money in the game back then, so his yeah. parents made him do something else yeah yeah he, so he, he could have, have made oh, yeah. the first division yeah he's <laughs> one of the fellows who uh, put up the indoor action uh, dome over in Bernston wow it's his idea to put that up that's crazy yeah and he had guys that uh, came over from England and had a little uh, structure like a hockey rink with goals in the back and I think it's still in the basement of the gym somewhere I used to use it hmm. a lot and Bobby Charlton I think who you know famous player yeah of course ran camps, and I think he bought 400 of them thought it was a good training exercise so did I. Huh. We used to play in it all the so time. So your friend had the idea. His friends okay. came over here, and then uh -huh. he started a company making them. Uh -huh. but, but then he ended up being a principal in town. and Yeah, long mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of connections. Wow. So in some ways, you're connected to Bobby Charlton. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But, um, but that, that is just amazing to think yeah, about. Yeah. My roommate in college, though, was a World Cup player. Wow. He was? In Lebanon, yeah. But oh. parents sent him over here because in the 60s, Lebanon was starting to fall apart in the Civil War. Oh, I think yeah. he lost a parent to the violence. So That's they shipped him over here in Ari. Uh -huh. So uh, we played together in cup, uh, club teams, and uh, I learned a lot from him. So how was your soccer experience like? Did you I play very here? Late. Or? I started very late. Yeah. So I, I think uh -huh. I was about 16. 16? Junior in high school, maybe. Played JV, sophomore, um, senior year. Um, I played the varsity, but... You know, I was very interested in it. Uh huh. And, what was your uh, position? Uh, well, that's hard to say because I played a lot of different. Right, <laughs> right, right. When right. I got to college, I was a wing, then a halfback, then I moved to the middle. So. Hmm. Interesting. But we got a we had a British international coach uh -huh. back in the early seventies. Yeah. Nobody knew soccer. <laughs> right. I mean, we were happy with a kick and run game. And, yeah. Right. And all of a sudden, this guy comes in. And he says, "You know, the center half." I, he was watching us from the road. We didn't know. He was the yeah. coach. Center half took the ball off his chest, lovely trap, put it to the feet, and then played it in traffic. And we're like, "What's traffic?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you know, you want to get it down the corner and put it across because you turn the defense. And oh, I never thought of that. You know? uh, all these yeah. things, just yeah. all. So I, I spent a lot of time in his office. Uh huh. To learn about. Well, the he game. used to, you know, he broke it down into principles of team play. Yeah. And yeah. when you get to that level, you're developing a philosophy of play. Yeah. Right? Which means you're disciplining yourself. And if you can buy, 11 guys can buy into, or women, mm. big women's side now. Yeah. If you can buy into discipline and you're all on the same page, mm -hmm. you create something. Hmm. Do you ever draw any connections between soccer and math? Absolutely. Mm. 100%. How, how so? Well, you know, I, I was a pretty decent ball player in college, mm -hmm. right? but I still hadn't scored a goal. <laughs> so my my uh, my roommate said, Jim, you don't know how to shoot. And I said, Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I uh, had a good work rate, yeah, and, uh, distribution, yeah. all of that. Uh -huh. But I had no technique in shooting. Uh -huh. And so he showed me, and he pro he made me promise I wouldn't show anyone else. 
Yeah. I, I think you see it on tape now. You didn't see it too often, but it's a straight-on <laughs> shot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mechanics that go into it. And yeah. I remember how long I spent because I, I had access to the balls. So, yeah. You know, so, right. so I'd, I'd get out and I'd every day hit maybe 300, 400 balls. 300. Um, so that, how long would that be for you? I'd one hour, an hour, two hours. Two, and then I hit a ball off a wall. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I fell in love with the game. Oh. Yeah. And boy, did that make a difference. <laughs> so then after college, I actually had a chance to make a few bucks as a forward. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's where where did you difference. play? I played at UMass. Oh, th- after? Yeah. Well, there's ethnic teams down, uh, Portuguese teams, Ludlow, Chicopee. And so Italian you went team. to Europe? Oh, no, no. This or? is Massachusetts. Oh, the, okay. The ethnic communities is where soccer was mostly being I played. See. Uh, yeah. So I played with an Italian team out of Springfield and two Portuguese teams uh, around the same area. Wow. Yeah. So that's your professional career? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, <laughs> and then it was, you can't, it wasn't any money in the game. Uh, you know, right. And, and, and uh, you can't live on a, you know, a few bucks from a Sunday. Yeah. So uh, I had a chance to move into the teaching. Ego book yeah, and everything. Sure. Wait, so where did you go to high school again? Northampton. Northampton. Yeah. So you've lived here all your life? In pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was in hmm. Providence for a while, but pretty much here. Hmm. So, so can we move more into math? I sure. mean, we, we touched on math, but we didn't really dive into it. So what is your style of teaching math? Because I've heard from Delphi that your style is, and I've heard from other people, that your style is quite different than a lot of well, teachers. You know, I try to create a working knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and from my own experience, having learned it as an adult, mm-hmm. I was very conscious of how long it took me to understand something conceptually. Yeah. Math specifically or just in general? Just, uh, you know, it's still continuing to this day. I mean, we're doing some discussions of the cubic and starting to see things because of further exploration and discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I said, okay, I'm getting better at this. You know, and that really started, I think, in 93. We talk about that. But, and it was through repetition. It was through looking at uh, different techniques of ways of uh, simplifying things. And um, it was a period of time that this was all taking place. And I said, well, we've got to put our students in that mode. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have time to, I mean, if you talk to, the, talk to a typical student here and ask them what the LN function is, yeah. you're probably not going to get an answer. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Now, people can do it mechanically, mm-hmm. um, but what is it for and, and how do you use it? Mm-hmm. Then you can start yeah. doing the more mechanically challenging algebra. Definitely. Right? Yeah, but if exactly. you don't have a sense of what it's for and how yeah. you use it, and you can't do that in a day, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's the question. Just hearing it once, I think it takes, for me, I have a rule of four. I don't expect the average student to understand something until they have a chance to practice it for four days. Mm-hmm. But after four days of practice, I feel like, okay, we're, we're getting a, an idea of what this is about. And it only takes about two minutes to do a problem and mm-hmm. then the next day two minutes and so why can't you do that with a whole different topic and then you can start to see how math blends together in patterns and mm. so um, you know it, it turns out now that my course is all based on zeros and ones mm. it, it wasn't in 80s it wasn't in the early 90s it is now so it's it's evolved based on what I'm learning and able to share and um, the repetitive process I think uh, gives students a chance to actually understand the material Mm. And I, it came about because I think in 93, I had an Algebra 2 class, and I was very disappointed with the final exam scores. Mm. I had a lot of students who were not correctly writing the equation of the line. Mm. 
Yeah. I said, okay, I'm either going to retire, quit, <laughs> or the, the next class is going to learn it, and I'm, they're going to learn it because I'm going to do it every day. Mm. So I started doing it every day for just a minute or two, but it was always a question. And so the way I wrote the equation of a line changed probably, iterated probably three or four times. And then once I iterated it to matching the quadratic, you know, the, so I did it in the A, X minus H plus K form, mm-hmm. or linear. Mm-hmm. And then I just started squaring and realized, well, the A term of a quadratic is rise over run squared from the vertex. Mm. It's not in the textbooks. And it's a pretty simple concept. And then once you see that, then you know the square root is rise over the square root of run, mm. which leads you to another. And the graphing calculators came out in the 80s, too. And I, I kept looking at them going, you know, they would the dot, dot, dot. It would take forever for it to graph. But mm-hmm. get this nice smooth curve. And I said, well, if the machine can do that, we should be able to. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know why I said that, but it was my thought. So mm-hmm. I just yeah. started thinking about it. And once I replicated the quadratic, mm-hmm. then it was just fun. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because then you, yeah. then you could see conversion in a whole different different. Uh, perspective mm. we, we generally create linear mindsets in the freshman year mm. ninth grade so that you see people think linearly all the way through their career mm. or the high school career which is yeah. which isn't correct mm. you know? so uh, once i started doing that i just started having a lot of fun with it wow that was deep <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool. no so um so do you still use the textbook to no, teach no, or not at all i make worksheets and i bake each worksheet on the day's previous work and oh. how does all this um and you also do no calculators correct because i know a lot of pre-calc classes that are i haven't used a calculator in 10 years <laughs> no no way so you, you just calculate everything by hand or sure it's all very quick and easy huh. mm-hmm. what, what classes do you predominantly teach right now is there Pre-cal- was there a cal- cheat and was there a change and shift with time you teach? Oh, yeah, because you started yeah. with I mean, algebra. Coming one, here, yeah. you know, they gave me a very slow section algebra two, mm-hmm. and I I would say any new teacher would want that experience because yeah. you have to find different ways to teach folks who really struggle to learn math, mm-hmm. and so you, you just keep playing with it. Well, okay, we haven't gotten it with this approach. Let's try graphical. Let's try numerical. Let's try geometric, and you know that. So so you know I didn't know that at the time until I was forced to find new ways, and I went. Oh, this is all, all algebra is coming from geometry or rectangle. Yeah. I didn't know that 20 years or 30 years. I don't know when I said it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, eventually I'm seeing this is all rectangular relationships. Mm. And remind me, didn't you have, I'm trying to remember the story you told us about your friend who's astrophysicist, maybe? Well, I put a video out on the zeros and ones. Yeah. And I didn't get any responses from it. And I'm just like, oh, okay. You know, I thought it was interesting. I thought it actually would change how people might even approach the study. And then out of the blue, a couple of years after it was up and running, gentleman, uh, Dr. Sheely, who's an alum, right? Because what I didn't realize is it was only on the Animate webpage. Uh, I thought it was on the internet. Yeah. Mm. And he wrote to me and uh, he said, well, that was fun. You know, that kind of, and I'm like, well, thanks. And I talked to my department head, did somebody visit my class? <laughs> you know, and I said, no. So I looked him up, you know, he's a heavyweight. he's got an international award in astrophysics and he won the eastern competition at caltech for mathematics wow right and uh, so he was looking at this saying he enjoyed looking at it well what was that story behind i I mean she's heard of it but well i put a i put a logarithm right so Uh if you give me an asymptote in two points i give you the equation it's five seconds Uh. so i mean you throw some numbers we do it but yeah yeah, yeah. but it's just look at it write the equation i think delphi could do it 
I mean, maybe not the yeah. log yet. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you're at in that, but I know you're going to have it before the end of the term. Uh, and um, and so he he said he's going to use some of that in his work. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he was yeah. in he was in mission control for one of the NASA. Wow. Directing so, the so he's using so your cool. algorithm. Well, I, not yeah. much, not much. But we, but you know, I I appreciated his talking to me because I could talk to somebody who was really accomplished and yeah. learn from him mm -hmm. about what other things I need to bring into my classroom. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the first thing is, and foremost thing, is some discipline in writing. And Delphi will tell you I'm all over the board, <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm really pushing the thought process, a particular thought process. And I figured a lot of folks can help further on with the show every step and all that. I don't, I don't believe in that personally, but because mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's a crutch, but so you would say you would have a growth mindset in teaching too, like you always learn from oh, other course, people yes. too. Oh sure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, my my favorite I think favorite moment in teaching. There's two that have, uh, Sam Richardson was a mentor. He's uh, lives across the way in Northfield, and a fellow named Mike Detishev were probably the most important in my growth because I worked with them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Sam said there's three um, stages of learning tell his class. I took pre-calculus with him. That's how I went up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Calculus yeah. here. And I took uh, the Calc AB with Mike Detishev. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was trying to teach logs, and I asked Mike, I said, how does this sound? And he gave me this really strange look, because I was making a gimmicky thing up, mm -hmm. right? And um, he said, uh, tell them what it is, not what it isn't. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to that statement, right? And so from that moment on, all I did was repeat what it was. Mm -hmm. Somebody didn't get it yet. No problem. We're coming back tomorrow. I'll give your brain a little more time to think about it. Yeah, but keep telling them what it is. Right. The example that gets me now uh, would be everyone talks about a hole in uh, you know uh, in a graph, a point of discontinuity. They call mm -hmm. it a hole. Well, it's it's not. It's a coordinate that's missing from a graph. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of. I, I mean, for somebody who doesn't know what they're looking at, and you say it's a hole. Well, where's the math in that? Yeah. Mm. You know, uh, there really isn't any. Mm -hmm. uh, and bouncing on the x-axis, right? Mm. Numbers don't bounce. You know, mm -hmm. they either change signs or they don't. Mm -hmm. So, so I think language is really important. Mike, uh, Dick Peller said that too. Like just that language is important. Uh, and Sam Richardson said three stages of learning are follow, mm -hmm. do it yourself, mm -hmm. and explain it to someone else. And I told Delta oh, last yes. night. I was so <laughs> happy to see her over in the corner of math help last night, helping some students to understand something. You know, it, yeah, it's good citizenship. It's good citizenship. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have to grade very differently. It, percentage scores go out the window, and it really is show me how many of the topics I'm teaching you, you know. So every one of my tests is how many did you get right? Invariably, when we start, not a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, but, we, yeah. but we work our way up, and because it's asked, every problem I do every term is on every test, as much as I can put it there. If I had a three-hour test, everything would be on. <laughs> so so yeah. Delphi's yeah. probably going to be doing 70 problems for her final exam in 70 minutes. And mm -hmm. I expect her to be able to do it. I think she will. <laughs> She's doing really well this year. So yeah. why did you choose the approach to sort of, because uh, I've heard from different people that you like to throw out all the concepts at the start of sure. school and then sort of just um, carry, up, carry the same questions to the end of the school year. It, Retention. Like, yeah. If you don't retain uh -huh. what you're looking at, then when you get to calculus, you bomb. Because <laughs> the teacher's kind. Yeah. You know, and we are more kind now because of COVID. There's these foundational gaps. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's pretty hard to talk about how the sign function is changing if someone cannot graph 
even one period of the sine function. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Okay, so in calculus or in pre-cal Delphi's class, I'm trying to ask things like what's the sine of 3 pi uh, of 3.2 pi? Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, the sine of 3.2. Mm. Okay, so that carries a lot of questions in it. First off, students have to figure yeah. out what 3.2 even represents, mm -hmm. you know, and eventually the radius lengths. It's near 3.14, so the arc length is about the same yeah. as the altitude, but it's negative. Yeah. And then you can even start to see that the, the say at 3.1, at for instance, mm -hmm. the altitude's coming down, the arc length's going up, but it's a one-to-one -one relationship. And so we're already talking about rates of change at the pre-calculus level rather than saying what's the derivative of the sine function, cosine, and the cosine of pi is negative one. Mm. You're already starting some of those talks yeah. with the kids who can understand it. They're getting a chance to go at their own pace, and the worksheet can embed all other things from Algebra 2 that students need to learn. Mm -hmm. So everybody's got something to work on yeah. and be challenged by, and hopefully when yeah. they start getting the scores back, they get a little competitive. Yeah. Oh, I got 25, and oh, I got 23. Well, that person that got 23's friend just got two more. It's, it's friendly competition yeah. without even yeah. saying it. Okay. It, it kind of mimics our society. Uh -huh. We want to do well That's individually, fair. but we don't want to lose helping the people beside us. Would you fear of overwhelming students? Because like, I've heard people sort of complaining that I have oh, to it's before very... You cry. <laughs> yeah, I try to go to the breaking yeah. point and then I put yeah. the brakes on and stay there for a while and then all of a sudden people feel like, oh, I'm getting that now. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. a trust There's a trust in the first three weeks. Ooh, that first three weeks can sometimes yeah. be... I know. I've been in the dean's office a few times with a parent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've heard so. I went yeah. three times with the father and this boy and they were all... And then the next year, the kid went to college and he came back and he... He said, I want to thank you for teaching me a different way to learn. Because yeah. he's yeah. doing it. And he was an art student. Hmm. You know? So I've kind of fallen into this. It wasn't intentional. Right. It was just because when I went to the repetitive process mm -hmm. and I started saying, let's do one. And, and I saw progress. Everybody's writing it correctly. I went, let me just stay with it and add the other problems the same way. And it just evolved. Hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. Well, I had... Um, I don't know how much of this you know about, but your reputation on campus is you're known as the guy who invented math. Like well, that is absolutely I, false. <laughs> I, yes. I knew, like, I heard that long before yeah. I stepped into your classroom for the first time. So I was, um, what do you think about that as your reputation, reputation or as your legacy that you're leaving um, and that whole thing? I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> no. We've got some wonderful teachers here. I don't want to be separated from anybody. There's all kinds of aspects to teaching that, that are not necessarily my forte. You know, do I know my students as well as I should? I think I get around and I, I do, but where are they from? Where, you know, I don't know where Delphi's from. Do I get the chance really? No, because I'm too concerned to say, okay, Delphi, what's the sign of two pi over three? <laughs> you know, I mean, that, yeah. that, that's where I, my focus is. My job is to teach the math, so I try to do my best in that capacity. You know, but that doesn't mean I don't. Where are you from, Delphi? I'm from Idaho. Well, see, I wouldn't have <laughs> I learned. I didn't. Honestly, I didn't know you were a sophomore. I thought you were older. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Too. So you got plenty of time to do your calculus and else. Yeah. yeah. So, do you enjoy teaching? Or oh God, yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Love of my life. Do you have any memorable stories or students yeah. from your years teaching that oh, really lots, stood out to you? Lots, but you know the ones that um, I, I'm still in touch with several, um, and, and they're generally the ones who you know. I think the, the one that I, I'm most proud of 
was I had a boy who used to skip class from his old school because he didn't like math. Mm-hmm. And he ended up being a math science major at UMass. <laughs> so wow. I really felt good. Interesting. Right now. I had him a couple of times, and then he took off on his own. So that was really, really special. How did you turn him around? He turned himself around. Mm-hmm. started making connections. And uh-huh. anybody can learn math. Yeah. You just have to, I think, do enough repetition and talk about the concepts. Right, right. Now, I don't have yeah. everybody working as hard as I'd like them to. Yeah. And I don't That's I don't right. crack the ruler or anything. I just go back, <laughs> give them a stare, say, well, let's let's do a few more problems on the board. <laughs> yeah. 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 But usually at some point in the term those scores aren't going up like someone else's. I don't have to say anything anymore. It's like, ooh, you know, I score now sixty five right and I'm getting ten. Mm. That's 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 a statement. Right, right. Uh, so it usually takes care of itself. And I think that's as important as the math. You know, to kick in and show some focus and have some mindfulness around what you're looking at. You mean the scores? I or? think the the learned lesson of if you want to do well in something, you have to work hard and try. Mm. Right? And I think that is part of what I'm hoping happens in my classroom. Do you say it? Do you teach it? Do you, do you sort of go into the class and... Um, teach them the mindset or you hope that they would figure all of them I think out it's organic themselves. within the process uh-huh. so you don't even need to talk about it but people would just oh I have a chat now and then <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but never never really harsh I uh-huh. just lay it out I, I just like Mike the T-Ship taught me tell them what it is not what it isn't mm. I've heard a lot of um, points made about your commitment to repetition makes perfect Mm -hmm. and practicing is that related to soccer because from what you talked about you practice a lot of soccer repetition repetition when when i left eagle brook the ad there was getting rid of 75 soccer balls Mm -hmm. i said i'll take them (laughs) so when i came here they were in my car i throw them out on the field and then i remembered what my british international coach said Talked about professionals. He said, Jim, a professional can hit a ball with another ball from 50 yards away. That's accuracy. So as I'm kicking them out mindlessly, I said, let me try to hit that ball. Right? And so then I, that morphed into a drill where I take 50 to 75 balls across the field and then back the other way and push pass. Left and right foot. So every time you take two or three steps, you're making another push pass, another push pass. Mm. And by and large, the accuracy starts to come in, and you actually get a professional accuracy with the push pass. Push pass, uh-huh. as in? As in, if you were 20 yards away, you should be able to hit a ball with another ball off a push pass. And 60% of your game is push passing in soccer. It's yeah. the most important pass you have. So People you don't realize that. Hmm. So that's what you sort of coach mostly, to, to f- focus on the foundations and the basics. and. Philosophy of play, uh-huh. skills to, to match it, and decision-making is, is a big part of philosophy of play. Mm. Those are the three things that make a player. You know, what you decide to do with the ball, yeah. how many touches you take, uh-huh. the skill level that you have to be able to do what you do. You have to play within your skill level. Yeah. And then the philosophy of, you know, I'm a possessional coach. Big-time possessional, so you look at how you lose the ball, what are the reasons behind it, usually four or five categories, yeah. and you eliminate them try to eliminate it and that means you have to play within yourself to the, that discipline and it makes a big difference mm. it makes a real big difference how did you come with the philosophy of possession game and did my you my british international coach your coach oh yeah I, uh-huh. everything everything i know about soccer came from him mm. really? uh, other than the technical side which came from the world cup player world cup wow. player. so he, he 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 he's a roommate so he would just 
take you out and then we help played you together. Uh, we played in a club team at Westfield with him, uh-huh. and he was he played college with us. Uh huh. We weren't sure of the NCAA rules, but we didn't think he got paid. <laughs> he had the pictures of the big crowds, like the eighty thousand in Germany wow. and stuff. It was really yeah. neat. Wow. He, he was there. And, so, um, wait. So you played Division One, or yeah. Wow. Did you? So wow. wait. You started soccer <laughs> at sixteen, right. In JV, and then you went on to play Division One. Yeah. How did that process come about? Skill. So so I never trained. I never ran. I never. Sp- well, I w- I spent time on a wall. Yeah. Right. And if I missed the ball, I'd sprint after and get my conditioning that way, and then dribble back and with certain techniques that he taught me. Uh huh. And then I just kept kicking a ball and dribbling back and kicking a ball and you know I ended up with a decent touch on the ball. <laughs> I was the last person to make the team my sophomore year, but by the end of the season, he had me as the, the top forward. So I li- that came from listening to him. Yeah. And all that 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 there wasn't any growth in terms of technique or anything. There was a lot of growth in coaching because he'd say things like 50-50 balls and you know, yeah, things, yeah, no, the that's the, the specifics. Ball. So I got a lot of, I became a very disciplined player and um, valued that. So, you know, I was no longer, am I going to make this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, so you, um, so did you, did you walk onto your college team or? Sure. Sure, there wasn't, uh-huh. I don't know who got recruited back then. Yeah, yeah. There, there wasn't it's that. Not, it's not it's, it The is system now. is no. completely different back then. Yeah. But you, but in, but in high school, you sort of had the passion for the game, but you didn't necessarily have the skill back then. Oh, absolutely. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> we thought, it, we thought a, a, a wall pass was the cat's meow. You know, well, I, what I, do you mean by cat's meow? That means that we thought we really accomplished something if we made a wall pass. <laughs> you know? And now, looking at it, all you're doing is targeting the poor guy that's going to receive it. <laughs> we wouldn't do it anymore unless it's, you know, tight, tight stuff in the penalty box. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we do nothing. We just had a drill instructor as a coach, and we'd kick from one just side to the other. And have fun. A bunch of athletes. And yeah. we actually won the league. We beat Ludlow. And so that huh. was a big thing in the town. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And there's no, is there a, am I correct in saying there's a Jim Volinger Award? That's what What's I was going to ask, yeah. I think it's a technical award. Technical award. Yeah. What, How did that come about? Yeah, what's the backstory? Uh, Charlie made an award for the kids, and he just, you know, he's got one for Dick Peller. And he's trying to get a culture of, uh-huh. you yeah. know, soccer interest and, yeah. How long ago did you stop coaching at NMH? I had a girls JV team the last team I had. That was maybe 10 years ago. Okay. So you coached for 20 or so years? Well, 10, I started 20. in 75, and I coached uh-huh. a team. I did two sabbaticals, but I helped my buddy, Coventry buddy. Uh-huh. Uh, so we had a club team. Uh-huh. So I probably coached, I think, closer to 40 years. 40? Yeah. Wow. wow. And what was your sabbaticals? One was Coventry. I went, right. you know, I went, uh, got to know some of the players and coaches, and that was fun. And, uh-huh. and uh, toured England, saw West Ham play Coventry. That was fun. <laughs> In fact, I saw uh, the I saw the backup World Cup goalie for England train at Coventry. He was a Coventry player. What What's his name? I don't remember. <laughs> but a long time. One ago. player would cross the ball to him from the right. He'd go up, catch it, bring uh-huh. it down, pull it in. Yeah. From the left. Repetition. Did it for 45 minutes. Repetition. Right? I'm sitting at behind the goal in the West Ham game. Ball, and this is back when you could run the goalie. Mm-hmm. You could actually run into the goalie and not get a yellow. Right? <laughs> oh. So, cross comes. Big game now. I mean, we're talking full speed. 
right? Catches the ball, brings it in, holds on to it, and two forwards from West Ham sent him into the back of the net. He never dropped the ball. Of course, it was, was that a go? Oh, okay, a okay. still a foul. <laughs> yeah, but might not get the yellow. Okay, but okay. they should have gotten the yellow. But I don't think they did. Uh-huh. I mean, they drilled him. But I just looked at it and I went, "Oh, that's that's a piece of uh, skill that uh, came from that training." That training, yeah, you know, it made you think. Repetition's my friend. Yeah. So uh-huh. the repetition part of your teaching style or your coaching style, whatever, all comes from your experience. My ability to strike a soccer ball on uh-huh. net came from repetition. Repetition. You know, and, and if, if you hit, miss hit it, then you had to go back to the previous level of striking a ball. It starts with not even walking towards it, just planting, putting the foot down. You know, there's an aspect to it. Then if it goes off to one side or the other, you don't see too many straight-on shots in soccer anymore. Well, you're seeing more now, but you didn't see too many back then. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've seen some old clips of Georgie Best, and I think he was hitting a straight on. Straight on as in those if you uh, laces. Like laces. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but everybody's you know got to come at it from a weight shift. Yeah. Straight on, it's no weight shift. Mm-hmm. Right? Ball drops in front of you, you strike it. You okay. don't have to shift your weight. Yeah, right now it's a, more of the finesse shot. And well, it's all... It's all you know, curved. curved right. That's he's so effective because his curves comes in from he comes down the right flank and he curves it into yeah, the, the far the left. far post. So that the most effective is bending sure, it around yeah. the goalie. Around the goalie, right? Yeah. And most players shoot and the goalie comes out and if he doesn't get it, then it bends and misses the post wide. Mm. You know, but if you can hit it straight on, then you're you're actually shoot, shoot you're, the you're far, taking yeah. away that goalie advantage to the to the bend, mm. right? And so you're more effective. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's more power. Yeah. I always shoot um, straight on when I'm going for the far post because it's just powerful and then it doesn't curve. I'd have to see you hit it. the ball to find out if that's true. Oh, well, we'll <laughs> see, we'll see. Right, I'd have to see if you're shifting your weight. You don't come at it at an angle. You approach mm. the ball straight on. Straight on. I mean, really straight on. Mm. Nothing from the side. Nothing. Nothing. That's hard. Yeah. I, that's I, actually that's hard. why I had to start from scratch. Like, yeah. I was learning something new for the first time. Uh-huh. I had to forget everything else that I was striking and make it a new skill. And over time, the repetition started getting a little better, a little better, a little better, so on and so forth, until it's a pretty decent shot. So, wait, can I, I mean, this, this might be a little off topic, but I just want to know a little more about this technique that you're talking I'm about. Take you out on the field. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like, don't your toe, your right yeah, toe hit the shorter, floor? Or? Shorter, smaller foot players have a little bit of an advantage on that than the yeah. You have to, yeah, and if you learn that, the, invariably there comes a time when you're in a game and or a practice or something, and you don't get the toe clearance just right, mm-hmm. and it digs into the ground and you jam the back. Yeah, of the rank, exactly. And you just hope you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you got to get familiar with being a, and depending upon whether the ball's coming across, what part of the ball you hit, off center left, off center right. I mean, there's physics to it. Uh, there's a lot to it. Mm. Lot, and and it takes a lot of practice with those situations. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. So that's that's how the Jim Bonger Award came came about. Just I don't know about pure that. I mean, <laughs> saying, you know, everything I know basically has come from somebody else, and then played with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that 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 is on another level. I've never heard that before. Well, I didn't um, hear about it until the guy told me. <laughs> yeah, but it's effective. It is effective to to just practice and train. Um. 
Well, I have it on yeah. film, actually. A Polish player was playing Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time I was able to really capture it on film. ESPN had a close-up of the guy. So they had the camera directly him coming forward. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you could see his foot position. You could see the chest over the ball. You could see that as he was going forward, he planted a little further in front of the ball than mm -hmm. he normally would because you're moving forward. Everything he did was perfect. And he hit a low liner in the right-hand corner of the goal and scored. I think they straight shot. on body straight shot. on shot and that mm. was the first time I captured it on film I think my son still has the uh, web page for that so mm. I can find <laughs> that for you you can look yeah. I'll break it down for you interesting yeah. yeah so um I had this question that um Augie suggested me to ask mm -hmm. it's the push and pull um soccer sort of the tactic that you use the push tiki taka I, I don't know. That's what he well, said. Well, that's the principles of team play. Uh-huh. All right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, well, I have to spell them out. <laughs> you know, it's based on the premise that as long as you have the ball, the other team can't score. Mm. All right? So what are the main reasons you lose the ball? You trap it too far away from you. Mm -hmm. That's simple. Get out there and get some touch. Mm -hmm. you know, keep it close. Um, you try a hopeful pass. Something the <laughs> long ball, six yeah, year old. Yeah, you got a simple. The hardest thing to teach a high school soccer player is take the simple ball. Uh. You know, a lot of times, somebody, oh, he's open. Let me see who else I can look for. <laughs> yeah. Zoom out a little bit. I don't know. We're getting <laughs> way more general, but you know, this is the last year before you retire. Have you had any new thoughts on your life, your career, your soccer career, math during yeah. this past year as we get into the? You know, I'm last doing month. summer school, so I haven't. Uh, right, you know, so not so quite, haven't. not quite. Yeah, yeah. And, there, and and I'm hearing there might even be an adjunct or a casa or a tutoring in the in the mix. So. So you're still gonna stick around next year, or? There's chance I might. Uh huh. I don't really don't know yet in terms of what, you know, I'm in I'm in the area. It's a nice community. If if there's, I just can't. I don't have the energy anymore to do the full. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if there's a class, oh, I love being in the classroom. <laughs> you know, yeah. I really enjoy it, so I would do that. I mean, you've worked for yeah, 45, long, 60 50, 60. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you? 68. Now? 68? Yeah. Wow. wow. That is yeah. way, way after the retirement age. Yeah. I, I respect that a lot. Um, really, yeah. yeah, so we have even more general questions um, about some of the lessons that you've learned in your long and really fulfilling life. Um, any yeah, so how do you... How do you sort of suggest us as you know learners to find our purpose in life and find what we um really like and find our passion because you you've sort of found your passion teaching and coaching things like that right i didn't know it was coming you didn't know yeah. it was coming no. no i don't know if i can give you any good advice <laughs> i think i pretty much did most things wrong for a long time but uh-huh um, no but that that's an advice by itself is to yeah Try try things, repeat, 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 and then yeah, get I, it right eventually. You know, I, I'm so impressed with a lot of the students we have here. Yeah, you know the, the just the ability to work hard and to try different things, and you know I, I that wasn't my upbringing. You know, so uh -huh. so I why, think why not? Be, uh, long story there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think you might have a better handle on that than I do. Mm. Look at you, what you're doing now. Yeah. This is wonderful that you, you've got, you have passion for this. Yeah. At such an early age. And uh -huh. you're, you're going to do, so this is going to offshoot somehow. Mm. Let it take you where it takes you. Yeah. I yeah. Know. It's right now it's just doing yeah. it because it's, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's cool. And sure. We'll see how it goes in yeah. the future. Yeah.
Um, well, I don't know. Is there any other memorable stories? I feel like you're someone with a lot of stories. I don't know. I'm gonna uh, keep that stories. Just any. I mean, stories that have. St you mentioned a few weeks ago. You went to the the faculty meeting and you talked about memorable moments that you had at oh, NIH. Yeah. Something yeah. along those lines. I think we've covered some of them already. Um, but, you know, I kept my ears open. When I heard something that I thought would help my teaching, I certainly try to implement it. Mm -hmm. um, other than Muhammad, uh, there were some. Let me think. Uh, ask me something else, and that'll come to me. <laughs> I'm at that stage of the afternoon where I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, huh. Oh, yeah, even my, I had a, uh, I knew a, Teacher here, I think it was a very excellent teacher here named Don Stevens and his wife Cher Sweet taught here for many years. They were family friends before mm. I arrived. And I remember over coffee, Don said, don't try to be the best teacher, just try to be a good one. Mm. And, well, and that was when I started here, and I just thought that was really apt. Yeah. So I like that. So y you wouldn't be competitive as to you would no, compare to no, other teachers, no, but you just focus effort. on... It's a team effort. Yeah. 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 And um, I'm hoping that the school can find ways to get teachers together talking a little bit more to each other like we did 40 years ago. Yeah. We're all so busy now in emails and so many things cut into just the chance to sit down and share with one another what you know. Mm -hmm. And um, you pick up things. Mm. If you pick up something, you put it in your pocket and you try to remember it and use yeah. it. So that was important. <laughs> Do you have any um, plans or projects to expand on math, soccer, whatever it is, going into the well, next? Well, our like friend Tiffany, our friend Tiffany is, is we're, we're kind of collaborating on a little manual. Mm -hmm. yeah, so. like did the did you start the grassroots soccer or? No, I, or I no that, that's a student initiated program, uh -huh. and uh, Ella and Jake, um, yeah, Ella Gazzo and Jake Nevins were the ones uh. who kept this fall going. Hey, let's let's do the little kid soccer, and I'm like, I'm traveling, <laughs> back, and so, and I said, well, they got passion here for this. I, I said, I'll jump in and do it. Yeah. And so we ended up on the field, and all of a sudden, all these people came out from, <laughs> you know, with all their little kids, and, <laughs> and uh, it has been the most fun thing that I've done no. in years, right? Yeah. Because we decided wow. to play the parents against the kids, mm -hmm. of course, and yeah. I introduced a two ball game. Mm -hmm. So that the kids could get a lot of touches, yeah. And make the field, and if it gets a lot, we'll go three balls, <laughs> right? And just to give you an example of uh, uh, Meg's youngster, Charlie, uh, is kind of the oldest little one, yeah, right. And so the kids like to give him the ball because he can dribble it up, and you know, and, and try to score on the cones. We use cones for goals, and and Jake Merrill is uh, works in admissions, I think. And, uh, his son Jack plays. He might be four or five, <sighs> and so Jack will pass the ball to Charlie and. And, uh, but he scored a goal prior to that, you know, put it through my legs. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> so he's coming down the field, and Charlie's in front of him, and they're near the goal. And, and Charlie's like, are you going to give me the ball? Not, not saying anything. Charlie's a really polite kid. He's not saying anything. And Jake puts his hand up, and he goes, you know, tell Charlie, <laughs> I'm confident I can score. <laughs> <laughs> that made my week. <laughs> that made my week. <laughs> three-year-old will get the ball and start dribbling away from the field and we go, hey, come back to you know four one three game's over here and but slowly you see him start to oh understand it yeah, a little bit so it's just fun you know yeah, we were fun. doing previous years we were doing some skill work and we abandoned that 
with yeah. COVID, we're just yeah. having community fun. It's just fun. Yep. The, yeah, the, the, the go real out little ones end up in the lacrosse goal with each other, <laughs> whatever they do. And, and then the parents get a chance to play against the kids. And, yeah. And, and it's, we play for an hour, and when we end, we just do elbows, you know. So <laughs> yeah. We do elbows. Yeah. And the kids start acting like they're ducks. And, <laughs> oh, God, it's so much it's fun. So fun. <laughs> I'm so glad we're doing it. So yeah. you've got to thank. Yeah. And Tiana is also one who's yeah. been there every week. Yeah. But it was mostly Jake and Ella who had the idea. Mm-hmm. I, I forget how Tiana came in, but she's been fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, w- yeah, well, I mean, the last question that we have, because we're, we're sort of all coming together. Right. I think the main theme out of today's sort of conversation with you is to draw connections and um, pra- practice makes perfect. So did you wh- how did you sort of develop that or do you how do you advise listeners or us or young learners to um build the habit of drawing connections and having the mindset to um when something isn't right to sort of make it better with practice i know it's a tough question any parting words of wisdom basically yeah parting words of wisdom (laughs) well you know i suppose if you're doing sequential math i would suggest reading ahead Mm -hmm. um in our class right now i'm trying to give the pre-calculus concepts of derivatives and integrals without actually showing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Algebra 2 level, I want my classes to know the unit circle before they get to pre-calc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think getting little glimpses of what you're doing allows the brain to start to settle a little bit. might be subconscious, but it starts working on whatever you're thinking about or doing. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to have long-term retention, if you really learn something... Now, everybody say, I learned how to write the equation of line you know, algebra one, but are you retaining it? You know, if you're not retaining it, you didn't learn it. Yeah. Right. You've got to be able to understand how it's, how it's constructed and why. And, um, to get that, um, I don't know in a given structure, how you do it for yourself if you're not in a situation that's structured that way. So when, when I ran a soccer practice, you know, we always had at least part of it little skill work, build up to possession, build up to a, sh- a short-sighted game, mm-hmm. and then we take it into the games. Mm-hmm. You know, um, So I, I don't know. I don't know how you do it unless it's structured the way that uh, skill accumulates. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing it on your own, well, it's easy to do it on your own with a sport. Mm-hmm. Just take the ball out there and play. Yeah. But, well, when I say I play, mean, I mean go to a wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Practice. Yeah. yeah. Deliberately I mean, practice. My coach said... The British International said, the very first day, he said, okay, I want to make sure everybody's out for the right team. He mm-hmm. said, if you want to show me how far you can run, we have a cross-country team at this <laughs> university. You want to show me how fast you are, we got a track team. Mm-hmm. You want to show me what you can do with the ball, you're on the right field. <laughs> he was a gentleman. <laughs> that, I never yelled. You yeah. know, I'll give you an example. I'm hitting a corner. It's a rainy day. He walks down the field. He's got his umbrella. He said, Jim, it's wet. Put it a little closer to the goalie. It's wet. It's going to have trouble in the goal. He didn't actually score it. Yeah. You know? oh. and, and then you, you, you hear a comment like that. You do it, and you see all of a sudden the result, and you go, I'm listening to this guy. <laughs> so, yeah, so if there's a piece of advice I'd give you is stick with the winners. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was a winner. Mm. So I stuck with him. You know, I was in his office three hours a day, most every mm. day, uh, listening to him. Unfortunately, we only had him for one year. Yeah. So then we were on our own. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think our practices after that were very effective at all. Yeah. He was going to bring in grids and all kinds of things that nobody ever heard of here. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you find somebody who you think knows what they're talking about, then listen. Have a growth mindset and be open, yeah. 
yeah. and to learn. Great. Thank you so yes, much, Isri. Thank it's you. it's it been it's, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. It's been amazing oh, the talk we had. Things that maybe somebody resonates <laughs> with somebody. But yeah, I didn't no. know what I was in <laughs> for. <laughs> <laughs> right, I see all no. this machinery and this. this <laughs> thing so that's very it, interesting. But it's I have amazing. seen a lot of political podcasts, you know. So yeah. This is no, no, no. This is, this is this is this yeah. is amazing. I mean, I learned so much from this episode. Me I too. I, I learned not new new things like yeah. that I didn't know. Um, I had a great time. Um, but yeah, thank you so much well, for coming you. and thank you, yeah. Adelphi. Yeah. Of course, for good experience too. for you. Yeah, especially all the technology here and everything yeah. else, which I have no clue. It's, it's a developing um, world. It's yeah. advancing. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Thank you right. guys for listening to the podcast and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>